0: I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Samantha Bennett. Sam is the author of two books, Start Right Where You Are and Get It Done. She created the Organized Artist Company to help creative people get unstuck and achieve their goals. She's a writer, actor, teacher, and creativity and productivity specialist who's counseled thousands of artists and entrepreneurs on their way to success. So welcome to the podcast, Sam. Delighted to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Ursula. Hi, everybody. Thanks
0: for being here. So um, as I shared with you, I, I loved your first book, Getting It Done, which was just full of humor and wonderful practical ideas on how to focus and, and really be productive. And you created this company out of it, the Organized Artist Company. And, uh, and now you've, you've gone on to write a new book, which is going to be released um, this fall, I believe November 15th. And uh, mm-hmm. could you tell us a bit about what drew you to this work? I, I know that you, um, I've, I've, I've seen something that you wrote, which is um, the, the second book, especially, is to help you make the little changes that will lead you to big joy. And big joy can make a big difference. It could even change the world. And that so much speaks to impact, so could you share a little bit about what, what your journey was and brought you to this point with your, your business that you have?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As, as it says in the bio, you know, I'm an actor. That's my, that's my background. I was one of those kids who put on plays and went to theater camp and, you know, <laughs> went to school and became a professional actor. And, um, and it was great. And I had one of those acting careers that, you know, went well enough that you didn't want to quite give up on it, but not so well as to actually be able to support a person. Um, although I will say, I was in a hotel room the other day, and my episode of Modern Family came on. <laughs> like, oh look, there I am on television. Um, okay, great.
0: Did, <laughs> you or, 30- did you write that, or did you write that, or were you? always?
1: No, no I was no, an actor on it. I play a diner. It's I play a diner waitress. It's one of the finest thirty-five seconds of American comedy ever. <laughs> um, but it is a very short scene. But anyway, so. Along the way, this, in this life of mine as an actor, so I was, you know, it meant I had a million different part-time jobs and gigs and projects and shows, and I was always juggling a lot in my schedule. And it was great creatively, financially disastrous. Um, but along the way, I just got really interested in this question of how do creative people make decisions? Like when you could do anything to promote your career or to promote your business... How do you pick what to do? You know, I could do YouTube videos. I could do a podcast. I could stand on the corner with a sandwich board. Like, what do I do? And when there's no right way, you know, when you work in an office, when you have a regular gig, there's a right way. They tell you what to do to succeed. It's like school. You know, they say, do this, and then you do that, and they say, good job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they tell you when to show up. They tell you when to stop working. They tell you. When you're a creative or an entrepreneur, there's no one to tell you. No one cares. You know, if you work 12 hours a day, no one cares. Um, And it's really up to you to make the decisions and stay motivated. And it can be really challenging, you know, when there's no raise that comes with you when you finish your novel. There's no No promotion. There's no no promotion. There's a quarterly review on, you know, the fabulous lead page that you just made. Um, So this really interested me and it's really, and I started teaching a class called get it done. And this is back in like 99 or 2000. Um, and the get it done workshop was really is, is what ended up being the, the book, get it done from procrastination to creative genius in 15 minutes a day. And it's a lot of exercises. It's a lot of inquiry because you know, there's plenty of people who are like, Oh, you know, be more efficient with your time or set better goals or manage your money better. Here's my system. You know, again, creative people, entrepreneurs, free thinkers, we don't love adopting other people's systems. (laughs) That's That's not really where we do our best work. (laughs) What I created is not so much like, oh, I've got some amazing system and you should do it my way, but rather a bunch of exercises and worksheets and inquiries so that you can devise your own amazing system, Mm -hmm. so that you can create a business that you love, and a success that is so you, it's like a thumbprint. It's like indelible and completely unique to you. And you get to have that kind of success where everybody looks at you and goes, how did you do that? How did you think to do that? How did you disrupt the industry that much? How did you come up with this innovative strategy? And you're just sitting there going, well, I don't know. It's just... I just thought of it. <laughs> just me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Created it. Go figure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really what I love is, is to watch people um, create businesses and systems that really work with their own natural energy flow, the things they love to do, their own wackadoodle way of looking at the world, like really leaning into that. Um, among other things, it just makes business way more fun.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've uh, my understanding is that your, your mission in life, the, the thing that is really pulling you forward is to, um, help people really create, um, something that is, is so much a part of themselves. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about what you feel your, your overall mission is and, and what is it that, uh, that brought you to that? Have, have you always, felt this way or is it something that's evolved over time
1: yeah so if i could wave a magic wand and have the world be the way i want it i would have every single person spend at least 15 minutes a day on the projects that matter most to them Mm. and i believe that everyone is a creative genius (laughs) not everyone is artistic Not everyone is artistic in the same way that not everyone is musical, but everyone's a creative genius. If you have ever solved a problem differently than anybody else has ever solved that problem, congratulations, you are a creative genius. (laughs) And so what I really want are people leaning into that genius, leaning into those, those things that you do so effortlessly and with so much joy that, like, everybody else goes, wow, you did that. And you're going, Really? I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Can't everybody do this? And they're going, no, (laughs) only you. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's really what what I want. And it's so hard because, you know, you may have noticed, we get everything done for everybody else all day long. And yet the stuff we know that would really make a difference in our own lives, finishing that book, spending time on our crafts, spending time playing guitar, spending time in prayer and meditation, spending time dancing or breathing or... Um, just spacing out, you know, just, just, you know, a little, a little white space time, a little daydreaming, um, whatever it is that, you know, really nourishes your soul. Um, when you can spend even just 15 minutes a day on whatever that is for you, and maybe it's a bunch of things, you know, maybe one day it's needlepoint and the next day it's singing and the next day it's prayer and the next day it's something else, um, you know how filled up you get. You know, all of a sudden, you feel really cheerful. And 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 you can start to bring that unique creativity to everything you do. And it's the thing I love most about having my own business. It's the greatest art project of all time. Really,
0: isn't it? Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the greatest tool for personal development and spiritual growth of all time. Right. Like if you ever wondered what your stuff was, start a business. <laughs> like, that is absolutely monster,
0: true,
1: right? Every monster you have will come crawling out from under the bed. Like, oh, hello, <laughs> monster, nice to see you. How's it going? You know, whatever your issues are around visibility or around boundaries or around worth or around money, or like it'll show right up, and you're, in, and it's your invitation. It's your invitation to to be better, to be a better writer, to be a better leader, to be a better citizen, to be a better woman, to be a better person. It's exciting.
0: It absolutely is. And I, I wonder sometimes if people knew what they're getting into when they started a business, they uh, <laughs> they might not be so quick to sign up because it really does call on you on every aspect of you. And it really calls you to growth in a huge way because you can't step into what's happening in your business and, and having it grow without being able to Change and grow into that,
1: and accept one hundred percent responsibility for yeah. everything that's happening.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that the twenty years ago you were not where you are now. You have a, a really successful company, and and uh, but you were. It wasn't always that way. Uh, what what changed in that course of time from um, where you were twenty years ago?
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of it. What changed from twenty years ago? I mean, yeah, the, the, the transition from I'm an artist who's trying to patch together a life to I'm an entrepreneur with my own business. Like that mindset shift actually was kind of a big one when mm-hmm. I just
0: sort of went, Oh wait, you know. Um And you were and you were broke, broke, you were you were depressed, you were exhausted <laughs> and fed up with yourself. I've 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 seen you write about that, so
1: I was, I was, I was really, really unhappy. I'd struggled with depression my whole life. You know, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as childhood depression. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. Things, you know, my, my situation was rough and uh, it was internally and externally were, were hard. And, but I really hung on to the idea that it was possible to change, which sounds really simple. Um, but I really believed that, that there could be a better world, that I could actually be happier and that that would be okay. You know, I think sometimes we wonder if we, we really deserve happiness. And um, and I made this, at the time, slightly radical declaration that I, was, that I was willing, at least, to try to be happier. And the next thing I did was really started putting my mental and physical well-being first. I was talking about running around doing everything for everybody else. I mean, I had, you know, so many obligations and was such an overgiver and overdoer, and I was on every committee and in charge of every everything, <laughs> and um, really learning, well, really looking at the reality of like, look, when I'm walking around tired, underfed, undercuddled not having gone for a walk, not having done my prayer and breathing work, not having um, had a good belly laugh, not having connected deeply with the people in my life who matter to me, I'm not very much fun to be around, (laughs) right? I walk around with no sense of humor and just exhausted and stressed out and crabby, which is how I notice a lot of people are walking around these days. Like, we're so overwhelmed and we're so stressed out and it just feels like there's no time for you. And I want to make the sort of a radical declaration that what feels selfish, like, oh, I couldn't take time for myself, I couldn't take time for breakfast, I couldn't take time to work out, that would be selfish. No, no, opposite of selfish. You walking around in a bad mood, that's selfish because the rest of us have to deal with you. You showing up rested, bright-eyed, engaged, listening, you know, with like brain space to actually come up with creative solutions, opposite of selfish.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's generous. And that was really that was where it started for me was learning to say no to other people and and really listen to my intuition, my inner wisdom and start to pose the question, What do I want? What do I want for me right now? What do I want? And it's that and sometimes that question seemed too radical. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I couldn't like I was so not used to that. I you know, I think especially I think everybody, but especially women, I think don't really get trained to ask that question. Um, what do I want? What do you mean? What do you want? What can I do for you? What What do you want me to want? So like, what can I, you know? um, but instead, being able to say, so, 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 sometimes I would reframe it as, how can I make this moment more me? Hmm how can I make this moment more me? How can I make this email more me? How can I make this commute more me? How can I make this outfit more me? Like, how can I just lean into me
0: a little bit more in my life? What a great question. How can I make this moment more me? I mean, that speaks so much to authenticity and, and also your ability to be present to what's happening
1: yeah, and to stop feeling so much just like a functionary,
0: mm-hmm. you know, it
1: was it was one of the things that really I remember having a day gig that was a pretty good job if you were looking for a day job, um, but I was miserable. I mean, I would have to leave work, I would leave, I'd have to leave the house early so that I had time to pull over to the side of the road and cry, oh. and I was so unhappy at this job. And part of the reason I was unhappy was because. I felt like I was leaving two-thirds of myself at home. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, they were interested in who I, what I could do. You know, they were interested in my skill sets. It's not like they didn't like me. They liked me. But they weren't interested in who I was spiritually or theatrically or, um, spiritually, like they, you know, or sexually or they didn't, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't part of what they were paying me to be there for, right? Um, and that feeling of like, wow, half of me just really isn't welcome here and now when I was having my own business like all of me gets used mm-hmm. all of me gets used and that's the I haven't at a clock and I don't know how long like this the days just fly by I am never bored because my work feels like such a genuine expression
0: of who I am and what I'm here to do and is that part of the work that you do with people is that part of what you feel has an impact in the in with your clients and the people that you work with
1: absolutely absolutely you know everybody everybody has a little idea right everybody has something some project some idea some vision that's been tugging on your sleeve probably for quite some time now and you probably feel a little bad about not having moved forward on it. These are two very good signs. The fact that there's an idea that has persisted for you that, you, that speaks to the strength of the desire. Like, wow, I've had that idea for a really long time. Like other ideas, you've got a million ideas that kind of come and go, but there are some that really hang around. Also, you feel bad about not doing it. You feel like you've been procrastinating on it. This is also a very good sign because it speaks to the strength of your desire. So, and we make a million excuses to not move forward on those things, right? Oh, I don't have time. I'll wait for the kids to grow up. Nobody cares about that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not good enough, right? No, no. That idea is your engraved invitation. (laughs) And it's all anybody gets. I mean, I work with Emmy Award winners and Academy Award winners and, you know, six and seven figure business owners. That little, like, huh that little idea. That's it. That's all anybody gets. Sometimes I think we sort of feel like, oh, I I have kind of an idea, but I'll wait for a lot of affirmation or I'll I'll wait for the trumpets and the... (laughs) I'm waiting for a sign. The red carpet. The red carpet. No, no, that's your sign. You've gotten the sign already. That's it. So the next stage is then to sort of go into the sparkly breadcrumb stage, right? You just start spending a little bit of time on it each day and just start to see where the idea takes you you know start to let it lead you forward because it's part of why you're here and and not every idea is great not every idea works out and not every idea is meant to be seen to its completion sometimes completion is overrated <laughs> but you are meant to grow and to learn and and that Whatever that is for you, and you all know, like as I'm saying, you have a little idea that's been hanging around. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what mine is. <laughs> Whatever that is, like that, that don't wait, don't wait. We're not here forever. Don't wait.
0: What effect do you feel like that approach has on the larger world when people do that? When they listen to these nudges and the, they follow the sparkly breadcrumbs? I love that, by the way. What do you What do you think mm-hmm. that? How does he, How do you think that? influences things.
1: Well, you know, I was just at a retreat with my, my VIP clients this last weekend. And as we were wrapping up the thing that a couple of them reflected back to me was that they really felt like they had permission, Hmm. that they had permission to do it their way, that they had permission to succeed, that they had permission to ignore some of the world's stupider rules. (laughs) uh, And when you show up, like, guess when you show up, lit up with passion. When you show up curious. When you show up, um, you know, on on a, on a on a mission, on a mission for God. Uh, you you bring light. You bring light where you know, and you light up other people. And you inspire other people. The more authentic you are, the more you give other people permission to be authentic. The more you live out your values, the more you give other people permission to live out their values. Mm -hmm. The more um, truthful and compelling you can be, the more you give other people permission to be truthful and compelling. Your business can be a force for good in the world. Like, this thing of, like, core values is just something that lives on a poster in the break room. Like, I kind of got to call bullshit. (laughs) You need to, you need to, you know, this question of how do I make this moment more me, how do I make this moment that part of that is a values question? You know, if my values are kindness or good humor or fun or creativity or literacy, like, how can I make this meeting, this moment, this email, this call, this interview more fully expressive of the values that matter to me?
0: Like That's being a force for good in the world. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'd, one of the things I always ask people in these interviews is, how is your business a reflection of you and your values? And you just, you just answered that. And is it something that you carry into your marketing and, and how you deal? You, you, I know you just came from a team meeting this morning. How does all of that, your kindness, your good humor, your commitment to having fun, how does it influence all of those aspects of your business? Yeah,
1: it's everywhere, it's everywhere, and it's, um, I use it in my team meetings, um, once, on the first, we meet once a week, but on the first meeting of the month, the first thing we do is check in with each other, um, how are your creative projects going? Because while it is the stated purpose of the business to encourage creativity in others, you know, if we're not walking our talk, again, kind of got to call bullshit. So, we say, you know, and and you know, there's one woman who's very active in her church, and her ministry is really a great, a huge part of her creative work. Another, one of my team members is always doing fun art projects with her kids. My team leader, Leonore, has, has been writing a poem a day for over two years. Wow! Right? She's a musician. She's, you know, and and they kind of last year they kind of started to bust me because <clears throat> that question would come up, and they Leonora would say, "So Sam, how's your creative projects going?" And I'd go. Um, I wrote a bitchin' sales page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I do feel like my business is my creative work, but I also realized that there were some other parts of me that, that were, you know, itches that were going unscratched, and so I enrolled myself back in an acting class. Oh, I awesome. started to go back to improv class. Like, it was so fun. It was so fun. So that's part, so it's part of how we, how we run the business. It's also, having these values gives us a come from, for almost every situation. You know, if somebody's, you know got a problem they're having problems accessing a recording or they're having trouble with their credit card or whatever it is like for everybody on the team knows we are going to respond to the situation whatever the situation is you know what is the creative authentic kind good-humored way to respond to the situation mm-hmm. and it really so it means like oh right we're not going to take them to small the claims court right away <laughs> like <that's laughs> not <you> know, <laughs> somebody else might, you know, somebody else might say, Hey, you know what? Well, you've got to really, you know, draw the line. And if you're a draw the line kind of person, then that might be the right move for you. But it's not for us. That's not how we're going to go about it. Um, and finally, and this is really, um, shockingly helpful advice when I'm working, uh, with a contract, independent contractor, like say, I need some graphic design work done. I'll tell them, you know, what it is and what it's for. And, you know, give them the parameters of the project and then I will say it needs to look you know the values of the business are creativity authenticity, kindness, good humor and fun it needs to look like that <laughs> and that starts their creative wheel spinning because like I said creati- you know, creatives don't respond so well to rules you know if I said well it has to be this shade of blue and it has to look like this or it has to be like this you know they would do it but they wouldn't really enjoy it when I start to say these are the themes, this is the feeling, these are the values, this is what's underlying whatever it is we're making, they get super engaged and I get amazing work out of people yeah. because I give them the freedom for them to interpret those, those values in, in whatever way is meaningful to them.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: usually come up with stuff that I would never in a billion years have thought of so much better than anything I could have
0: thought. What a great way to approach that because it's always challenging to explain to people what's in your head as an entrepreneur. You have a certain vision and to be able to share values in that way, as you said, you get outcomes you would never have thought up on your own. It really expand, expands the the scope of of how you're doing things. Totally. And
1: it's also, and it's a great little litmus test too. I mean, if I start talking about my values and I can watch somebody like glaze over or tune (laughs) out or not really get what I'm saying, like they're not a good match. Right. And my friend, Clayton mask is the CEO of infusion soft. And he taught me years ago, he said, hire and fire exclusively to core values.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Hire and fire exclusively to core values because I can teach someone how to run infusion soft. I can teach someone, how to write a good customer service email I can you know I can give them templates for all that that's easy. I cannot teach someone to be kind yeah. I cannot teach someone to have gentleness in their heart when somebody's having a hard time
0: yeah, I think that's a great that's a great um, approach I mean hire and fire exclusively to core values because you're, you're right I mean you either connect at that level and if you don't it's it's a constant source of friction and and uh, trying to come to some agreement when the common ground is not common
1: and i'll grow you one better also true of clients Mm -hmm. ideal client is the client who needs you they know they need you they can easily afford you and they share your values Mm -hmm. because if you know what it's like to try and communicate with somebody who doesn't share your values it's like they want something and you think you've given it to them and they're not happy and then you're upset because you think, "No, I did this. Why aren't you seeing what I'm doing for you?" And they're going, "Why aren't you hearing what I'm asking for?" And they miss <laughs> each other like just, like just total disconnect. Right. Um, you know, probably we've been in relationships like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you getting me? Um, and nothing is more expensive than a bad client. Yeah. Nothing is more expensive than a bad client. So if you're getting clients who don't, who aren't understanding the value of what you do. This is, you know, we, we end up with the perfect system because, when you, again, when your marketing expresses your values, you automatically attract the people who resonate with that, mm-hmm. and they will love you double. You know, They will really respond to what you're doing. They're happy to pay full price. They really get it. Um, when you try to neutralize yourself out, when you go generic, when you go boring, and nobody can quite tell what your values are, then you're going to end up with people who are a mismatch and those people are expensive and time consuming and frustrating and are often the ones who don't pay or want refunds or whatever it is and you,
0: and you can't do your best work for those people either because you're not engaged wow. at the same level exactly 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 yeah the w- one of the the things that uh, i mean the things that you teach they're more i mean they're they're ostensibly around creativity and productivity, but you're really sharing some things that are very fundamental to operating a successful business, which is great and one of the things that i I read about in your new book and and uh this is uh this is a family show so uh but tell us about happy grown up naked time and how that all ties in with business. <laughs> Success. Happy
1: grown-up naked time. Yeah. So I'm happy to talk about happy grown-up naked time. So, um, happy grown-up naked time is is about taking time. I don't know. Every day, once a week, at least I think. Whether you are in a relationship or not, to be naked, to be adult and naked. Like I said, by yourself or with a partner, and it may or may not be about sex. Like. I know, you know, there's there's a lot of people who don't have a partner, there's a lot of people who have a partner but they're not having sex or they don't want to have sex or they can't have sex. It's not about sex. It can be, but it's not necessarily about that. It's just about being grown-ups together. It's about feeling your own skin, it's about tickling and talking and massaging and holding hands and looking into each other's eyes and just being present with your own Animal body self, and you know I, I did a uh, an expert call with my friend Amy Joe Goddard, who's a sexual empowerment expert. Um, she's written some excellent books, and we did an she did an exercise on the call where you just put your hand on the top of your head and let it run down your own face and neck and shoulders, just very gently caressing your own face and head, and like. You, you do it right now, just go You're just very gently and you just kind of, you feel your whole body go, oh, <laughs> and that's really what I want. I want you sighing into your own body because there's wisdom in our bodies and there's, there's warmth and affection and, and fun, <laughs> fun. Can we just have fun? <laughs> like, <laughs> and and for, especially for parents, you know, I, I, I talk about in the book, my friend Annie, who was, you know, she was the full-time caregiver for her son when he was a toddler. And she said, you know, at the end of the day, she goes, I felt like my entire self was covered in sticky fingerprints. (laughs) And Charlie would come home, and the last thing I would want, I'm like, don't touch me. (laughs) Like, the (laughs) last thing she wanted was anybody to touch her under any circumstances. (laughs) On the other hand, she's also, like, losing touch with who she is as a woman, as a sexual adult, as a, you know, as a playful person. Like, there was whole swaths of her that were going unacknowledged. So for a mom like Annie to say, "Okay, you know what, Annie, let's let's take half an hour on Wednesday night, you know, while Joe Henry's at the babysitters and and just
0: be naked together, just be grown-ups who are naked together." And that's so much you know uh, It would so much it ties back to what you were saying earlier about self-care. I mean, this is such a fundamental aspect of self-care which is really important when you're somebody who's in the world and changing the world and and wanting to have a positive impact is is taking care of yourself in all those amazing wonderful ways are there, are there other other exactly. things that that you do that uh are great self-care for you that really helps you keep going with this work oh yeah
1: um here's the big one get The cell phone out of the bedroom. (laughs) Get your cell phone out of your bedroom. And people are like, oh, I use it as an alarm clock. Stop that. Go buy an alarm clock. They make some lovely alarm clocks. Go buy an alarm clock. Like this, you need to give yourself back the gift of waking up. This moment, this liminal time right in between waking and sleeping, it's critical time, especially for the creative person, especially for the entrepreneur. Like that moment when like your dream logic is still sort of going and your editorial brain hasn't quite kicked in yet. Like this is when you make those weird connections. You know, this is when the veil between the worlds is very thin and you can get those downloads and get those intuitions and remember Who you are apart from your definitions. Who you are before you remember that, oh, that's right, I'm a mom. Oh, that's right, I'm a business owner. Oh, that's right, I've got that meeting at nine. Oh, that's right. You know, like, who are you just you waking up? And give yourself back that moment of waking up and a little stretch and a little cuddle and, you know, maybe a little snooze, a little doze off for a second and come back and, like, and I do a little breathing practice right when I wake up, and I do it repeatedly throughout the course of the day. Um, it's very simple and has amazing um, calming effects, um, focusing effects. So the breathing cycle is inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. Mm-hmm. And here, we can do it. You want to do it right now? Or yeah, we just sure. Right Let's right do it. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So just let your belly go really poochy, soft, like blah, blah, right. And we'll just inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
0: Mm. That has a great rhythm to it. I've I've done similar kinds of exercises, but they're more evenly like inhale four, hold four, breathe exhale for right I mean, that but that felt that felt very i don't know easeful yeah
1: that's my experience of it too is it's very easeful, and there's something i think about four seven eight eight counting that it's just weird enough that i kind of can't think about anything else like <laughs> yeah. it's close enough to math that it confuses me <laughs> <laughs> that's and, true um, And yeah, and I've done it, usually I'll I'll start all my calls when I'm teaching, I always start with that four, we do three of those, four, seven, eight breathing, just to kind of bring everybody into the same space at the same time and focus in a little bit. Um, So yeah, get your cell phone out of the bedroom, do that, give yourself back the gift of waking up, do that four, seven, eight breathing, believe me, there is nothing happening on the internet that cannot wait for 20 minutes while you breathe, say your prayers you know,
0: and come into the day in a civilized manner.
1: Right.
0: Even if there's some crisis happening in your business, there's, you can always take the time to do that. One of the, one of the things that I ask people about is, you know, what happens when you are in a dealing with a problem or in a crisis situation? How do you, how do you move through that um, in a way that is, has you have shown to be, Found to be effective for you. I, I know one of the phrases that I've heard you um, or read that you say is "nothing bad is happening." So do you even Nothing look bad at? is happening. Yeah. Do you even look at things as obstacles or problems, or do you look? Do you have a entirely different perspective on it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the way to cause yourself a lot of pain is is to be upset about reality. <laughs> Like, that's a pretty surefire way to have a bad day. Um, and I find that just repeating the phrase to myself, nothing bad is happening, nothing bad is happening, allows me to start to look for what are the blessings in what's happening? What are the opportunities in what's happening? In what way is what's happening? It may not be my plan, like I had a big plan that I really thought was a good plan, um, but you know, sometimes. God has other plans, sometimes the universe has other plans. sometimes other people have other plans <laughs> i just a very simple example i was uh trying I was traveling to New York and uh there was weather and mechanical difficulties and it was a really really, really long day of traveling and getting rebooked and Flown here and flown there, and picked off this flight and put on that flight, and like I learned more about how luggage travels through the <laughs> airlines than you ever
0: wanted to room. know. I wanted to know.
1: Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Um, but right early, on, and right it started out bad and got worse. But right at the beginning of, of this day of tr- what anybody would call travel hell, it was it was pretty bad. Um, this pr- I was standing in line, you know, trying to get rebooked at the counter, and this woman walks past me and all I hear her say, she's talking on the cell phone and all I hear her say is, this is a nightmare. (laughs) And like it's, and I was in a pretty bad mood too, but it like kind of snapped me out of it. I was like, really? A nightmare? (laughs) I don't know that it's a nightmare. I mean, we're inside, we're fed, where you know it's uncomfortable it's unfortunate it's not you know it's not really the way I wanted to spend my day, but that doesn't mean it's a nightmare right. that doesn't mean that something bad is happening, it just means that it's not happening the way I planned that it would happen and all and I ended up actually having kind of a great day because I just every person I talked to, I was like, it is my job to make sure that nothing bad is happening <laughs> and you know, to be cheerful and warm to the poor, overworked people behind the counter. Oh my gosh, those poor, I wouldn't have that job for a million years, um, for a million dollars. There's no way. Uh, and to just like try to enjoy what was happening and have a conversation with the person next to me in the lounge. And you know, it was, it was, it was, it was fine. It yeah. was fine. I like that. And one. I was just. Yeah, I was just talking to the. Leonor, my, my, so my team leader this morning, her computer just crashed. And she's like, oh, you know, they can't fix it in time. She's got to go on another trip and they can't fix it in time. And what is she going to do? And I'm like, well, you know, you can buy another computer and maybe return it if, you know, they can fix this other one or maybe it's just time for a new computer. She's like, right, nothing bad is happening. That's right, <laughs> nothing bad is happening. Yeah.
0: And I like that what you said about it. it's my job to enjoy what's happening. Is is there other advice or maybe insights that you've gained that you would share with other business owners asking themselves how can I, how can I have more impact? How can I be a positive influence in the world? What would you share with them?
1: Yeah, I um, I have a thing with my team, and they they know this that that I will never fire someone for making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I would have have to fire myself like <laughs> starting immediately <laughs> and and ongoingly, you know um, and what I really start to notice is that in every mistake is an invitation. In every mistake is an opportunity. there's sort of the surface opportunity of like, oh, an employee who has made a mistake felt bad about it had to do the work to correct it, they'll never make that mistake again, and then I get to just stand there and be gracious about it, like, that's a better employee, like, that's a more invested, you know, better educated employee. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, like, I remember one time, uh, there was a, a launch I was doing, and what happened? oh, so it was a class I was starting. So I did the first day of the class and, you know, we're you know we launching a class. We spend all the time enrolling it. First day of class, do the class on whatever it was, you know, webinar jam studio or instant teleseminar seminar or something. Finish the class, great first class. Open my email and there's a bunch of emails from people who are like, um, I enrolled in this class but I didn't get the call-in information. Like, oh, no. wasn't this supposed to start today? Right, I'm like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> clearly. So I reach out to the, my VA team, and they felt there had been an error in the the campaign and the timing of the campaign. So some people who had enrolled in the class got the information, and some people who enrolled in the class did not get the information. Now, let me just remind you, the name of my business is The Organized Artist Company. (laughs) These moments do not reflect well on us. <laughs> These reveal us to be a complete fraud. So they you know, so that looked bad. But I said, Okay, no problem. Nope. This is not a problem. This is an opportunity. We'll do we'll do the class again on Saturday. So this gives me you know, this gives every we can I'll just we can just do over, you know, just send an email out to everybody who's registered saying, Do over if you missed it or you want to do it again, we're doing it again on Saturday. And, you know, and again, it's a moment to show people that, hey, we're flawed too. You know, this isn't about yeah. being perfect. It's just about doing the work. So fine. ever They're all fine with that. They're getting a bonus class. It's great. And, oh, by the way, it gives me another two days to promote the workshop. Mm-hmm. Right? So I send out an email on, on Friday saying, hey, by the way, it turns out I have to start this class over again anyway. So if you were thinking about it, you know, you have one more chance to enroll in this class. And I wrote. That was the, the information in the email, but the top part of the email was um, a really strong bit of writing, <laughs> if I do say so myself, <laughs> um, and uh, and so I sent that out, and I was like, you know what? That bit of writing is actually what I've been waiting... It needs to start my new book, hmm. and that little bit of writing is now the, the, the toast. It's the introduction, the very pre-introduction almost, to the new book. So not only did this thing that looked like a mistake, right? There's an error in the campaign, the timing of the, you know, these people didn't get the information they needed. That looked like a mistake. It ended up being more revenue because I got more people to enroll in the class, a benefit for the people who were in the class because they got a second chance to, you know, be with me live. And now the book which is going out to tens and tens of thousands of people is a stronger piece of literature because that mistake got made.
0: Yeah, it's a great story. And the uh, I mean, wrapping it up in that way and being able to move through it and see all the things that you gained and what a great way to, to gain a new perspective on it and really shift things in the way that you described of uh, it's my job to enjoy what's happening. So thank you for sharing all of that, Sam, and for sharing your Perspectives on there's. Uh, I love what you said about there's no right way to succeed. That we're all creative geniuses. I, I think that's a really empowering way for people to start looking at what they're doing in their businesses and their lives in in moving forward. So thank you for for sharing all of that, and uh, I I really appreciate you talking with me today and uh, and really bringing all of that forward.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. If, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? And, and if you want to share a bit about the new book, too, that would be great.
1: Sure. The best way to get in touch with me, honestly, is to go to my website, com, All the way spelled out, because I'm a it all out for you, kind of a girl. So, The Organized Artist and just hop on whatever the latest lead magnet is. There's probably some webinar I've done recently or some freebie. Um, because I communicate almost exclusively through email. So, that's really the best way to um, to get it. And you get, um, being on my email list is an experience that most people seem to really enjoy. So, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But you can write me back, tell me about your projects, we'll become pen pals, best friends. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the best way. Um, the new book is called Start Right Where You Are, How Little Changes Can Make a Big Difference for Overwhelmed Procrastinators, Frustrated Overachievers, and Recovering Perfectionists. <laughs> and it's available for pre-order now on Amazon and will be, the release date is November 15th. Uh, so awesome. tell your friends, tell tell your relatives, <laughs> and rally around, it, make your local independent bookseller buy it and order it for you. Um it's um, And it's a lot of very, very short chapters. So, it's, And every chapter has a little action step. So it's very digestible. You know, it's not like school. Awesome.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I look forward to reading that. And uh, thank you again, Sam, for being here. Uh, really appreciate your, your time and the energy that you bring to this and to your work. Thanks for the work you My do pleasure. in the world. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yours. And thank you,
1: everybody, for taking the time to be here.
0: So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.